0: This is Purple Radio On Demand. Good morning, listeners, and welcome back to CD Storytimes. This is the first episode of the second series. Woo! Woo. Let's go! I'm Liv, I'm one of your co-hosts. I'm Jessie, and today we are without Charlotte. We're also starting 40 minutes late due to some technical issues. So it's going to be a much shorter episode from one's experience previously. We hope this is okay for our our many, Many multiple listeners. listeners. But I think it'll be fine. So, yeah. How's your week been, Liv? It's been okay. I've got this essay due in today um, that I got an extension for, so that's been most of my week. Just stressing, doing pointless activity, reading too many sources. It's It's been okay. How about you, Jessie? Geography have decided to make us hand in eight pages of our dissertation before Christmas. Eight? Eight whole pages. That's and I currently cannot. have zero whole pages. So... That has been my week, trying to write something. But... Third year is definitely much more of a step up. Like second year from first year to second year there was a bit of a step up. And you didn't really expect it. But then from second year to third year, I'm just caught off guard. I did not expect to have this much work. Like I know I'm in third year, but it's terrifying. Yeah. And I'm also, scared. Everything I do, I'm like, oh my god, but I'm in third year. Yeah. It, it like now it means something. Yeah. It's terrifying. We only have two terms left, basically. Whoa, whoa, whoa. No, no, thank you. I have, like, my diss deadline is, like, ingrained into my brain. 27th of April, 2023. That's, that's the day that it's all going to go down. It all ends on the 27th of April. But Jessie, have you been watching anything recently this week? You know, as this is an arts podcast. An arts... I was going to say arts and crafts. Um, I have. I've started watching The Crown, season five. What do you think of it? I'm only one episode in, but I have realised that we don't get to see her death this season, and I'm quite sad about that. I wanted to see the funeral, and you I wanted want to, see to see Diana's death. I do, yeah, I do. Might be a controversial opinion, but I wanted to see it this season. They're dragging it out, in my opinion. This is exact. I, I'm also a co. <laughs> I I appear on the art show, and we were talking about this on the Tuesday episode. It definitely does seem that they are dragging it out, but I think part of the reason why is the fact that they're following a set timeline. Like the show has to end when it ends. Because they're only going to end with like Will and Kate, I think. Really yeah, their I marriage, so. Or maybe like yeah. the birth of George, is that his name? The first one. So they're really trying to fill gaps. Yeah, like the whole first episode was about a boat or something. And that might have been key at the time, but I don't really care about the yacht renovations that much. It's very important. I'm sorry. really important, they're filling the gap. Filling the gap. I also think that showing Diana's death is just a bit disrespectful. Because the yeah. way she died was pretty horrible, so I mean I doubt they're gonna show her actually show. dying. I don't think there'll be like a camera from inside the car, but you can watch enough documentaries about it. I'm not sure they really need to show it on film. I watched a true crime documentary about it the other day. Huh? It was quite interesting. Buzzfeed, um... an extremely reliable source. <laughs> yeah, very... Jessie is noted <laughs> for her searching out of reliability in all forms of social media what do you mean that's so rude i don't even have social media that's just a lie Jesse's going on a detox (laughs) yeah i have been for a year let's go let's go i think that moves beyond a detox i think also the interesting thing about the crown is the whole battle over the disclaimer because i feel with the crown that they market themselves as a true to life yeah depiction of events and actually there are some fictional elements added in like lots of the conversations that charles has with various people, are fictional. The whole subplot of trying to depose the Queen. Spoilers. Is that Did that not actually happen? It didn't actually happen. Wow. And I was reading like a really interesting Guardian article about it, I think by like Simon Jenkins, so definitely look it up. And <laughs> Big up, Simon. He, it wasn't really about the monarchy, per se. It was about the danger of telling people that something is true when it's not actually true. And especially living in this sort of post-truth world that we're living in with the, the whole trump like trumpian rhetoric and this increasing disenfranchisement of people with more like accepted forms of media and more reliance on social media he was talking about the danger of that and how because it's in a netflix tv show people are like oh it must be true because it says it's true i mean i believed it exactly and that's the danger because it's not true So Netflix is sort of misleading people about what actually happened and therefore misleading people about history because they're marketing it as accurate. That's so interesting, though, that they'd deliberately add a fictional plotline against, like, the current king. But you think they wouldn't do that to avoid, like, But they probably wrote it before. Well, they did write it before and filmed it before he was crowned. Mm, Yeah, that's true. I think also another thing that the article explored is the fact that all of the scenes added were really anti-monarchist. And Simon Jenkins was like, "Well, this clearly shows a problem because the whole program is prejudiced against the monarchy." And he wasn't really saying that that was like a bad thing. He was just saying it was an interesting point to note. Yeah, I mean, I feel like it's kind of expected for them to be anti-monarchy if they're doing like a. I don't think they'd ever do something that was like going to be praising the monarchy for all the all the good that they do, which (laughs) is in my opinion a bit more balanced. I don't know. I I sort of feel that that's kind of a danger. Maybe, maybe as a history student, that's... You know, I always am slightly suspicious of things that say they're, like, based on real events or, like, purport to be fully true. But I know that's not the case. Yeah. You question Netflix. I do I do we really question get, Netflix. Let's get Netflix on here. Let's get them to answer their Get them to answer... For their <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the article is called Beware the Crown's Blurring of Fact and Fiction in This Age of Dangerous Untruths by Simon Jenkins. Read it, it was really Powerful stuff re- for list readers, stuff. listeners. What else have you been listening to or watching or reading this week, Jesse? Reading just articles for my degree, so we will uh, skip See over funny? that one. We've been watching, as a house, we've been watching a bit of Buffy, making our way through that, and I fully... Oh, I'm fully on board with it. I absolutely love it. What is it about? I've never it's really about... watched it. You should. It's about this girl called Buffy and she's Whoa. a vampire slayer. That that is I know. descriptive. I know. I'm I have I have a skill with words. And she's like in a like high school or whatever and every week there's like a new monster or like alien mythical creature that she has to defeat. Are they vampires? Is she slaying vampires? Not always, you know, there's uh, there's some deviations from vampires. My favourite episode, well actually, no yeah, my favourite episode, one of the like, one of our like besties turns into a hyena, and I just like... It's quite rogue. It's so rogue, but I was just here for it. Does it feel slightly that you're being taken on an acid trip? Sometimes. Sometimes the episodes are a bit too far, and I think, okay, maybe we could have reined this in a bit, and not, like, not gone there, but the fashion is incredible. And I I just love it. So what would you give it out of ten, and why? I would give it an eight out of ten at the an very moment. Yeah. That is quite a high praise from you. Am I known to be critical of TV shows? I don't know. I just feel you don't really watch that much TV. No, that is true. But I I just. But then Charlotte and I am excessive. So. I also just like watching things with people. So like I always, Dobbs always like yes, let's watch it. Oh. If you're so listening, sweet. he's definitely not. Um And then, yeah. If he's listening, shout out. He's definitely. He's not, definitely but... not. <laughs> what was I gonna say? Yeah, I think it will have the improvement to grow higher as I gain more attached to the characters. What what series have you got? Because there's many, aren't there? Yeah, I think I don't. I think there's like five. That's, that could be a complete lie. We're at the end of one. We're just about to finish oh, one. God. Exciting times. What have you been watching this week? I had a friend's birthday party on Saturday. Oh yeah. And I came back quite drunk and I just kind of lay in bed and decided to watch Paddington. Paddington 1 or 2? Paddington 1. I'm going to I'm okay. going to watch Paddington 2 later. And it was fantastic. I'm in love. <laughs> I didn't realize that the cast was so extraordinary because it has Hugh Bonneville, Sally Hawkins, Nicole Kidman, and Peter Capaldi. I was like, what yeah. is everyone doing? It's really the star studded cast. <laughs> Paddington, like a bear, a literal bear. But it was so wholesome. And oh, and it's got um, Gigi. Judy... No, it doesn't. No, <sighs> does it? It's got one of the people from Mum Mirror in it as well. And I was just shocked by how good it was. A kid's movie doesn't have a right to be that good. I love how they, you know, how they put like the graphics they use on the screen. Yeah. Or is that number two? I don't know. But they have like. Words, words on the screen. I'm really not describing it very well, but it's really good, and I really enjoy it. There's sort of a montage at the start of... For, the, for those of you who don't know Paddington, I'll, I'll take you on a quick... Julie Walters. Julie Walters, that's and, her name. And Hugh Grant. Gee. Oh, yeah. Is he in the yeah. first movie? Oh, he might be in the second one. I think one. he might be in the second Yeah, he's the evil guy in the yeah. second one. Phoenix. But for those of you who don't know Paddington, it's about this bear and his grandparents that live in darkest Peru. And they're visited by this English explorer. I feel like most people do know the general plot, but go ahead, go ahead. then when something happens in their forest home, the grandmother sends Paddington off to London and he gets dumped at Paddington Station and then gets picked up by a family. And it's about his shenanigans. His shenanigans in central London. And it's really sweet. It's so heartwarming. But also I I felt very sad. Because it deals with quite deep themes for a kids' movie like loneliness, homesickness, no-one wanting you around, depression. It's just quite depressing. But it's all disguised in the guise of a bear. Yeah. It's crazy. And then Paddington 2, I've heard, is a real tearjerker. Paddington 2, I would argue, is better than Paddington 1. Whoa. I know. In this movie called The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, about like a fictionalised version of Nick Cage... There's an entire plot point about how Paddington Two is the best movie ever made, and I'm kind of here for it. Yeah, it is. It's one of the. It's a. It's a real gem. I think it's not appreciated enough. Yeah. To be honest, I will deliver my thoughts on Paddington Two next week. Get ready, listeners. <laughs> Get ready, listeners. Get <laughs> ready. I also went to see um Black Panther: Wakanda Forever on Monday, and that was another hijacker. It's mostly a movie that is. Dealing with the death of Black Panther because Chadwick Boseman sadly dies in 2020, and I've never watched a Marvel movie apart apart from Avengers Endgame that is so much about grief because basically everyone dies that's important, and it's really sad. You- and they handled sort of Chadwick's death really well because the opening like MCU montage is just of him and him as Black Panther, and there is no music over it. And the entire cinema just sat there. And it, like, people were crying. And it oh was only God. five minutes into the movie. It was very powerful. See, I don't really like sad films. I don't get... I don't really even get the hype. Do you not like feeling... Being in your feels? Like, yeah, but, like... I, like, I also don't really like Marvel films. I don't... Which is, I know, quite a controversial opinion. But I don't really... They're kind of boring to me. Like, they're just... Like, yeah. I don't rate them as a franchise. Any any more opinions on this on this subject on Marvel films? Mm-hmm. There's too many. I, I there wa- are too many to be fair. I like. I don't have any knowledge to ground this opinion, but there's in my opinion too many. I get confused between Marvel, DC, all of the whatever. You're not an actual fan, Jessie. Yeah, That's I'm saying. I have just said that I'm actively not a fan. <laughs> she actively despises them, and they're always really long and. There are always significant plot holes. That is true. That is true. Yeah. Have you been listening to any music recently, Jessie? I have, actually. I mainly listen to my Discover weeklies. I really enjoy them. But this week, I've been listening to a few of Charlotte's playlists, actually. Which, not to gas her up too much, but I've really been enjoying them. Um, Charlotte loves to make playlists. It seems to be her main output her main passion apart from in academic life, work her main passion is making playlists and to be fair they are very good and very enjoyable to listen to although the one we were in the kitchen the other day and we were listening to the one we made together which is london 2012 kind of beat and it just it brought me such joy it's like songs from like year six like the year six playground kind of energy that you just Like, basically very cheesy pop, but we were having a great time. What do you think is the defining song of your childhood? That's a good question. I'm going to browse the playlist. I'd say something by One Direction, I'm not going to lie. It's actually crazy that, in our living memory, 1D was formed, became a mega sensation, and And broken up. Yeah. From an X Factor, when They 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 first appeared. See, I was never an X Factor fan, but then... False. False, false, fantasy, <laughs> I false fan. I know. I came when they were famous. I'm not sure what the defining song of my childhood is. I think... I've been listening to a lot of Katy Perry recently. Katy Perry does not. The one that got away. That song. I really <laughs> appreciate it. It's such a fantastic song. And just Taylor Swift in her... what I consider her golden period. Like, I've listened to Midnight's, and I'm not a massive fan. There are only about, like, two or three songs I really liked. And I didn't listen to Evermore or Folklore, so some would argue I'm a bit of a fake fan. But then I really loved the Love The Taylor her. Swift stands are going to come for you. They are going to come for me. But Red is such an iconic album. And also... Oh, it's a oh I'm trying to remember. <laughs> I've got to look this up. Obviously a fake fan. Clearly a fake Clearly fan. Clearly a fake fan. It just, it served as the defining music of my childhood. I know, I can't really... I mean, not that I can't get behind Taylor Swift, but I feel like people that like her, like, do, Love dive, yeah, and I'm hards. just not about that. Fearless, that was a fantastic Taylor Swift <laughs> album, and Reputation, and 1989. Basically, Red, Fearless, 1989, and Reputation. There's a lot of quite. that I feel like that's most of her. That is most of her discography. <laughs> but I was a massive Taylor, like a massive Taylor fan. That's quite surprising. I'm quite surprised by that. My dad, we spent a lot of time in the car as kids, and my dad would like collate playlists of all of the latest hits and i just place all of the songs we used to listen to the car like into my childhood's best music and every time i listen to them it sort of reminds me of my my family which is quite sweet it's very sweet i have my dad and my brother and sister on spotify and i love just like stalking them seeing what they're listening to it's my... quite a creepy it's got a creepy future no oh i love the friend activity billy exclusively listens to dave it's so funny like if you go on his profile. All of his, um, oh no, Bruno Mars. That's quite fun. That's but new. All of his other <laughs> playlists are like exclusively Dave. Well, it's nice to know he so he's very obsessive on artists. He's found he's found his um, his, calling. his calling, and his calling is Dave, which is so funny for like a 13-year-old boy. What other music have you been listening to, Jesse? Any albums recently? Um, I don't think so. I've just been I've been listening to discover weekly my concentrate playlist which does kind of it kind of bangs but so you are one of those people who like to listen to music as you work I have I to, no do i it. have to exclusively do you listen to classical or are you more of a words kind of girl um definitely not classical it depends how distracted i am if i like really need to focus i'll listen to my concentrate playlist which is a mix of like either French music or, like, lo-fi, study beats. Kind of rogue. Or if I'm, like, in a working mood anywhere, I can just listen to anything. One of our... One of my housemates last year will exclusively listen to Minecraft music. That is quite good, though. And it was quite hilarious because she put on, like, a 10-hour loop of Minecraft music. I'm not sure... Uh, yeah, I'm not really a player of Minecraft, so I'm not sure which piece. It was Pig step. No, that's on my concentration playlist. It's it. so good. On repeat for hours. That was what our second year study was like. Pigstep. I would recommend listeners if you need to get in the headspace for work, hit
1: I up Pigstep. Pig yeah,
0: and then another one of my <coughs> classmates this year listens to Mario Kart lobby music, and that's Ooh, his that's, quite that's his vibe. He just does his biology work listening to Mario Kart, which you know, fair enough. That's quite fun. Oh, it's like when like the wee lobby music yeah and you're like waiting to pick your little me and it's like really like quite creepy peaceful music that's quite cool i could work to that that. that. i've also been listening to quite a number of albums this week i've sort of gotten into the habit of walking around durham and just listening to random things so you know listeners if you have any recommendations you can get them through to us not sure how but you can figure out we'll figure out a way I've been listening to the Stevie Dan um, Can't Buy a Thrill album. Again, shout out to our friend Dom. He's very obsessed with Stevie Dan. And it's a fantastic album. I'm really loving it. But I also finished Sometimes I Might Be an Introvert by Little Sims. And that is a fantastic album. That is a very good album, to be fair. If you take away anything from this podcast today, go listen to Sometimes I Might Be an Introvert. It is great. That's like basically all the album I love. But she intersperses the album with weird spoken word yeah. bits. What are your opinions, Jessie? I does it take you out it, of the experience? It like the first time it did. The first time I was like, "Oh, okay, what's going on?" But now I like I vibe with it because I'm kind of I expect it a bit more. When I didn't know it was going to happen, I was quite shocked. But yeah, what would you say is your favorite song of the album? I don't know. I'm really bad with song names. So I'm gonna have to skip that question because I I can't remember any of the song names. I think Point to Kill. It's quite cool. And also, I love you. I hate you. That's that's one to listen to if you if you're feeling mixed up inside and angry. Mixed up and angry. Which with academic pressure, often often I feel mixed up and angry. That is my um normal feeling. My- and I also recently listened to Sour by Olivia Rodrigo. I know I'm a little I was kind the of behind party. behind I'm the trend behind, there. Like two, three years behind. But it is a fantastic album. And it just... It got me to a point where I was just feeling sad. But it was very cathartic. And sometimes I just put on driver's license when I want to enter cycle hours. I want to have a little cry. Put wanna, on driver's license. It really triggers it for you. Really? Like, I just start weeping. Immediately. Like... Immediately. It's also like, if you put on... um. The Snowman theme tune. Just start crying. I can't watch the Snowman without crying. The snow, like the Christmas. Yes, okay, the Snowman. Okay. Very topical. Uh, it, why? Because it's nearly Christmas. No, I just. It's just such a sad story. Only melts. Spoilers for those of you who. Oh no, guys, really don't spoil it. <laughs> Christmas movie. But... Wait, is the Snowman the one where he flies around? Yeah, and then. Okay they land back in the garden and, he melts and in the day. The kid looks out the window the next day and he's gone yeah. and all that remains is his nose oh but yeah oh, yeah weeping quite weeping. sad it's quite but sad yeah. actually any any other movies music tv show you've been you've been you've been watching this week i think i'm gonna start watching christmas films my favorite my two favorites I love actually it's just a classic. I watched that again all weekend. Love it. I love it so much. And also Nativity, number one. R.P. Alan Rickman. Yeah. He is fantastic. So good. But the thing I noticed about Love Actually when I rewatched it is all the men behave really well, apart from Alan Rickman's character. It's really weird. Because normally I feel in, like, a rom-com... The men are, like, kind the of The men a behave bit... badly and the women behave well. But in Love, actually, it's completely reversed. Wow. That's how good a film it is. That's how good a film it is. And I just love how all the plot lines interlink,
1: interweave.
0: Yeah. Oh, it's so good. And again, good. the, like, last scene... The little boy the running airport. through the airport. Oh, so amazing. But also the, like, end credit scene where... You see all of them in their position and then Natalie yeah. runs to the Prime Minister and I'm just like, oh, love is all around. Love is all around. Oh my God. And also it's such a positive movie because I feel sometimes I get very caught up in the fact that at uni, you know, I want to be part of the 70%. Like I want to meet someone and then if I don't meet someone at uni, bad things will happen. Just loneliness forever. Loneliness Am I right? forever. Yeah. But the thing is that love actually, actually portrays that you can find love even in your workplace environment, even when you're not looking for it. That does imply that you've got a job, though, which, again... That's true. In this current (laughs) recession... (laughs) Will that happen? Unlikely. Who knows? But it's actually quite an important message because I feel sometimes there's not enough emphasis put on finding love in middle age or finding love outside of uni because definitely all of the coming-of-age dramas or all of the things marketed at teenagers show like teenagers in love quite early on and that it's is sometimes not, not very helpful. It's not fair. It's not fair. We're just bitter, really, but <laughs> big up Love Actually for not depicting that. But for those of you who feel pressured to find a partner or significant other at uni... Why is this turned into it's a, okay. a love life advice? Um... I don't know. It, <laughs> love Actually inspires these deep thoughts. Do you know what also inspires deep thoughts? Nativity. I've never watched Nativity. <gasps> Okay, we're watching it. It's so good. Me and Charlotte have got a dance to one of the songs. You have a dance? Mm-hmm, yeah. We would We would like to perform for you listeners, but sadly it's not a visual recording. Sadly, we're, maybe we should make that happen. Crazy yeah, we have friend. a dance to one of the songs. It's just so good. It's so good. I love it so much. I watch it every year. Do they do a nativity play? Yeah. Do you not even know what it's about? No. Oh my god. So it's about... i never watched it. It's about like a class of school kids and like their teacher and they do a nativity play, but then the teacher... I'm just going to spoil it now, I'm sorry. The teacher um lies and said that Hollywood's coming, because there's like a few plot things going on there. They said that Hollywood's coming to the nativity play, but then Hollywood does come, and it's incredible. In what form does Hollywood come to the nativity play? The teacher's ex-girlfriend works in Hollywood, and she brings her boss. And they, like, fly in on this helicopter mid-performance. And all the, like, five-year-old kids are like, oh, my God, Hollywood. And then what happens? And then the teacher the teacher gets back together with her, with his ex. And That's it's like, cool. love. The end of the recording today, because is at the door. But tune in next week. Bye. Bye. Purple Radio Podcasts.